Welcome to KC Corner, episode 137, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2023. What a year. <laughs> did, you write, did you write down all of your New Year's resolutions? You know, I didn't write them all down, but, uh, you know, I definitely have some. And mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, you know, new focus, new year, it's exciting. And I, I love the fact that we're starting into a new series, and uh, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get back to that. But, uh yeah, how about you? We've got all sorts of fun stuff playing this year. Hey, and listen, corner and everything. what a year this should be, brother. I know. It'll be the best one yet. Best one yet. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're getting married March 17th? 12th. 12th. Close. Okay. We're good. We're close. Though. Okay, that's good. I'm in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark, great which month. is good. Great yeah, month. it's a great, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. But I do want to open up with something. I didn't tell you this on the way up, but I was coming up your stairs uh, to your office here, and I noticed something on the stairs. And it is your scuba <laughs> license from what year is this? Uh, I can't find it. 19. You look like, okay, you look like you're 19, 20 years old. And I just had to pick it up. Well, can I just say, I think I was 15 in that picture. 15, 15. a young Jeffrey Peter Jakes the, right here that, with a scuba license. Does it, say, does it say like 80, in 1980 maybe? On yeah, that? I think so. It, it, so Open water dive. So was this, what, was this for the big lakes up there? Or what, what was this for? Well, you know, it's a paddy and a YMCA license. So you really could, that was just to give you a license to go scuba diving anywhere. Gotcha. And, uh, but because we, I went with my best friend, David O'Connor and we did it in the YMCA in Utica, New York, which was the deepest, uh, because it was too cold. We did it in the wintertime. And so we had to wait till the lakes to thaw, <laughs> thaw off to do our open dive. And I, obviously, if you looked into my garage, I was hoping you're going to go there. You didn't because <laughs> I've cleaned my garage. I'm going to clean this study here shortly. But that appeared, you know, and I, I don't know why I've held on to that, that <laughs> license. You, I, I have all my old student ID still, you know, cool. for that exact reason. Look back like, oh my gosh, I had some long yeah, hair. That, yeah, whatever. yeah. Did you ever have long hair? <laughs> not a, not ever super long. Yeah, longer, longer than I have it right man, now. Man, mine was long, but in, in college <laughs> it was long. But yeah, hey, good, good job spotting that. So yeah, uh, I, I, I had to bring that up when I saw it come up the stairs. Like, oh, what is this? Have you seen a worse picture of me, by the way? That was that was not you a look, good picture. You, you look like kind of a bully. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you kind of stuff kids in lockers. <laughs> well, the truth is that I was such a mama's boy. So that's <laughs> I would like to think I look like a bully, but man, I was a wimp. Oh but man. Anyway. Well, so, sorry to get us off the rails early oh, on 2023. God, but it, Brooks, that had we're to be starting said. the wheel, the year off the rails. <laughs> not good. That was great. But there is, a, and you talked about it on Sunday, kind of an initiative, uh, if you will, that you want to do with the church uh, this coming year in 2023, if you want to kind of intro that. Well, yeah, you know, and one of the things we really love to do is just read through the Bible. And uh, uh, the biggest initiative of, of the year is let's seek God's face. You know, let's pr- make first things first and put God first in our lives. And uh, I love the fact that... Uh, you know, let's start the year off with not only seeking God's face, but digging into God's word. And no matter what, whether that's, hey, this year I'd like to read more of God's word. This year I'd like to read the New Testament or the Old Testament. Uh, Katie last year did the Old Testament. She read through the Old Testament. She's on the new this year. Um, but for many of us, I hope we take the journey that you and I are going to take or we are, are on right mm-hmm. now to take. And that's read through scripture uh, throughout the year. And mm-hmm. so I love the fact, Brooks, look at, he's got a new Bible. I wish y'all could see it. <laughs> it's it's one of the most handsome Bibles. He's, he's got, uh, he's got the Reformation study Bible. It's general, it's editor, uh, general, general and editor. You got general it? editor. That's it. There so man, <laughs> uh, is RC sprawl and, uh, God rest his soul. So it's a great book. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways they say to skin a cat. I never want to skin a cat. There's a lot of re- ways to read through scripture. Um, I've done many of them. Um, I have some favorites. Uh, you follow different schemes. And, and um, 
really it's our our Charlie Woodward picked out this one and I got excited about it because uh, I didn't notice until uh, Chris Nielsen in church pointed out say oh it's not every day it's only 25 days a month and so mm-hmm. you got a little bit of uh, Monday through Friday going or however you want to do it I'm a little bit more used to every day mm-hmm. uh, I'll probably do uh, every day I mean I just, You'll I just finish up a, in November exactly but it's just funny it's like if I don't get out of if I just feel routine in this but mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about what we're doing and what we're doing for KC Corner is we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about what we read that week. And uh, uh, I, I hope and pray that each one of you who listens to us, uh, thank you so much uh, that this is a blessing to you. This is God's word. And it would be really cool if you, if you joined us. Uh, we're going to try to get this schematic online on our website as well. And uh, um, But what I love how it starts, Brooks, is that it gets us in... Not only the Old Testament, we start in Genesis, obviously, it gets us also in the gospel. We start with Matthew and it also gets us in the book of Acts, uh, you know, starting after Jesus's resurrection and we jump into the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so it's set up in like four different sections here, like you said, two in the Old Testament, right? Reading through the normal Old Testament books and then what they call the wisdom books. So starting in Psalms, going to Proverbs, Song of Songs, and then I think finishing up with Job. And then the sections in the New Testament, going through the Gospels, and then the other New Testament books. So you kind of hit some different areas uh, in the Bible every single day. Which I think keeps things fresh. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot of people who start just in Genesis, they they get to Leviticus and it starts talking about skin rashes and, (laughs) you know, and their eyes roll back in their head. And again, they're like, oh, they couldn't make it. I mean, most people who start just in Genesis fall off somewhere the the, the the journey ends somewhere in Leviticus maybe they make it to numbers you mm-hmm. know but but this way there's always something you know there's always a little something uh fresher I shouldn't say fresher but you know variety let's mm-hmm. do it that way yes definitely, good. definitely. Yeah. I know we both did the chronological one last year and like you said you don't even get to the New Testament until September I think <laughs> yeah so like, we, we're, 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 we're from Jesus. day one we're, we're in there <laughs> exactly <laughs> which, which I love so yeah, and you know, and by the way, uh, Casey Corner listeners, Brooks and I are just dialoguing. Of how, hey, how do we want to do this? I mean, how do we once we how do we want to dialogue about this? Do we want to take like this is each day that we read, uh, or really this is what we're getting out of each book? And I think we ought to do it out of the books because this week we only have. Have you read today's? I've not read today's. Okay, good for you. The, the first through the third. Okay, so I, I, I'm the first through the third as well. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, so uh, um, so let's just talk about. Some of the things that we picked up uh, that we hit uh, uh, as we as we read through this. And matter of fact, I know with your new study Bible, you uh, you had you had to read the intros. To yes. All those. So in this big big old study Bible, um, on the first day, you're obviously starting four new books and starting in the Old Testament, New Testament. And in this study Bible, there's like a five page intro for all those things. Uh, yeah, exactly. So my beautiful fiance got this for me for Christmas. Awesome. So I cracked it open on January 1st and I was 45 minutes in still reading the intros. I hadn't even gotten awesome? to the reading. That's yet. awesome. But on the first paragraph for the introduction for the whole Bible, I wanted to read this because it's incredible. The Bible is a book. It may be called a collection of books compiled into one majestic volume. As a book, it is designed to be read. In this respect, it is like all other books. But in important ways, the Bible is not like any other book. It is the book of books. We customarily call this book the Holy Bible. Its holiness is found in its otherness. It is a sacred book because it transcends and stands apart from above every other book. 
It is holy because its ultimate author is holy. It is holy, holy because its message is holy. And it's holy because its content is designed to make us holy. Oh, I love and it. Just a way, great way to start off the year of like, this is why you're doing this. And this is kind of the quick background of what this is. It's so good. And it's a story, but it's a story like any other story. It's mm-hmm. a unique story because it is holy. It's holy because of its author's holy and it makes us holy. It's that's that's it's, uh, good stuff right there, oh, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it. So... All right, so how do you want to jump into this? Let's talk, let's talk about Genesis first. Yeah, let's I mean, about... I think you have to jump in right at Genesis. Well, you know, here you are. We've only been three days in, and we've already gotten from creation to the flood. I mean, so much has happened in these three days. I mean, you've gotten to God creating all things and calling them good, to chapter three, where the sin enters into the picture, where everything's messed up, to, you know, shortly thereafter, you know, starting in chapter six, you got to know a story where everything's going to be erased. And mm-hmm. so... Man, that's incredible. And then even at the end of the Noah story, we're going to hear that, you know, man's heart is continually still sinful and mm-hmm. just how much we need God's grace. But it is a story. I love the way Genesis starts off. Uh, Genesis 1 and 2 both tell us a creation account. They tell us in a way that is uh, different from each other. You know, mm-hmm. you have in the beginning that the poetry of a cadence of in the beginning was God. And I love that's where it starts. In the beginning was God. You know, it's, it is a book all about him. He needs to be the focus. He is the hero. Uh, his son is the savior. So, um, and I, and I love how the fact that God told us how he created the world Brooks and he, but he did it. He did it in language. that's true, uh, mm-hmm. but he did it in language that um, there is some wiggle room. What I mean by that is, um, did he, is each day a literal 24 hours in Genesis one? Mm-hmm. Is it, a, is that an age of time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how long is it? Are we an old earth or a new earth? And, um, and I don't know the answer. Um, um, and I think that people who love Jesus can fall at different things, but what's so important is there is a creator there. Well, me back up. There's God mm-hmm. and God is the creator mm-hmm. and God is distinctive, uh, from creation. You know, he's not, we're not, we don't worship the creation of pantheists that God's in everything where he's not distinct from anything, but he is, he is over and above all things. And, you know, even in the very beginning Brooks, I think there's a whisper of a, of a pattern that we need to follow and it's you know god brought light into darkness and he brought uh he brought form uh into the the chaos order into the chaos and he brought beauty into what was empty or the void and i think as christians that's what we're supposed to always do i mean bring bring light into darkness wherever we are and that's not our light we don't have any we reflect the light of christ um but we bring order into chaos you know Mm -hmm. what what was uh uh formless um you know, he's created his design because he's mm-hmm. a designer. And not only that, we bring beauty into what's empty, the void. And so that's just such a, uh, a beautiful thing in the early creation story. It's a great place to start, too, because essentially you have to believe that there is a God, like you said, and that he created everything and that he's powerful enough to create everything. It's like, yeah. OK, let's start there. You have to believe that part of it, that he is that powerful, that almighty to do that. You know, Brooks, I often think, you know, he shows us the picture. He says he created the heavens and the earth. And it's like it's the separating the waters. You know, uh, that's that's the ancient Near Eastern understanding of creation was it was like the waters went up to the heavens and down below. Mm-hmm. And when the flood came, they crashed back together. But, you know, our focus is so much on creation. I mean, when I say creation, the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you start thinking about 
he created uh, all the stars and he, he created one main star to rule the day and one main light to rule the night. And, uh, um, it, you know, but you, you, so you start thinking about what we know now mm-hmm. where the tele, the uh, Hubble telescope and, mm-hmm. and other things that go so deep into space thinking, wow, I mean, that creation is... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're it's, a very small, full, small speckle of that. Yeah, that's for sure. It's like we have a microscope on Earth, and we need a telescope to see the rest, you yeah. know. But it's so, it's so beautiful. So, but even, even in the, do you want to jump in on anything yet? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, when the fall happened, it wasn't just like okay, we kind of started sinning, some white lies here and there, stubbed our toe. <laughs> like no, Cain kills his brother yeah, right yeah. off the bat. I mean, <laughs> golly, the fruit of that is is just absolutely incredible. So it was. Uh, yeah, um, it, yeah, and you know, even if you if you look at the Adam creation story, I mean, it's really interesting. He tells us in chapter one, "Hey, he created male and female in his image." But chapter two, there's a little bit more detail. Like he breathed mm-hmm. life into Adam; he became, and then you know, Eve. Why she got her name is like, like kind of the mother of, of uh, giving birth and life coming through her. And and uh, and I love the story of Brooks in, in Genesis two of uh, before the fall where Adam names the animals. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I know you've heard me talk about it, but there's so much there of it's showing that God made us for dominion. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're different than the hippopotamus. We're mm-hmm. different. We are to reign and rule over God's creation. And mm-hmm. in the brokenness of the fall, everything's afraid of us and we're afraid of it. And it's, it's not right, but we are to reign and rule. Mm-hmm. And uh, here he is like... Uh, naming uh our dog ruby i mean we have that dominion we have that even your name brooks as your mom and dad has named you that shows their dominion mm-hmm. and uh uh that's just and there's something you know uh, of a mallet becoming a robinson your mm-hmm. fiance of just your connection to you but anyway so well, yeah it's- off of that too i know you've talked about it i think in your god's family values sermon series you said like a uh, woman was created for man. He needed a companion. He's like, when he was naming the animals, he got to the golden retriever. Like, I think this might be it. This, exactly, this guy's exactly. awesome. And then like, <laughs> exactly. okay, no, no, no. Woman is way better. Exactly. It's just bone of my bone and flesh of <laughs> my flesh. But it was the beauty of God is exactly what you're saying is it shows that man was alone. And so mm-hmm. here's a really cool story that's telling us truth. Here's man of dominion, but here's man alone. And of all the things God said of creation were good. And I love that. They were all good. The only thing that wasn't good is we were alone. So... Mm-hmm. And then even, even in the fall, and now let's, I want to say this about Genesis 3 too. So you have the, the fall of man. We only took three chapters for us to mess the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have two chapters of paradise. And then you get chapter three uh, of, of the fall of man. And some people say, well, there wasn't a literal Adam. I mean, you know, that just tells us a figurative story. And I'm telling you, if there wasn't a literal Adam, there wasn't a literal fall. And if there wasn't a literal fall, how do we explain how death came into the picture? I mean, to me... You know, that's one of those things where, no, you can't fudge that. You know, mm-hmm. there had to be there had to be an Adam. There had to be an Eve. They had a, and, and not only that, they're what we call federal head. They represented us. As Adam goes, so goes humanity. I mean, that's like Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15 mentions that. But, but, the, but the covenant that God makes with Adam, he says, okay, Adam, you, I'm gonna, I gave you life. Uh, this is called the covenant of works or covenant of life. We see it in the first three chapters. And it's basically, if you obey, you'll continue to have life. But if you disobey, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we know that as Adam went, so we went. And so if, you know, and, and there's the debate, what if he was faithful? What would that look like? He would have secured eternal life. 
I always think the if questions to me in scripture is kind of stupid because God's sovereign. I mean, mm-hmm. this was the plan. I mm-hmm. mean, good God knew this was coming and this was part of God's good plan because mm-hmm. he had to get us God's son. But anyway, um, so that Adam represented all of us and his fall was our fall. His brokenness became a part of our brokenness. And, you know, even his uh, his guilt became a part of our guilt. And you think, oh, not fair. You want to throw a flag on that play. But if Adam's guilt can't be our guilt, how could Christ's righteousness be our righteousness? Mm-hmm. And so that's beautiful. And even at the end of, I, I know we want to hustle on, but <laughs> even at the end of chapter three of the fall, in, in chapter three, there's two really important things. That's the first promise of the gospel. And the first promise of the gospel is the promise that, that hey, uh, God says, I'm going to put enmity between the serpent, Satan, and the woman's seed. And um, the the serpent's going to bruise his heel, but this woman's seed's going to crush Satan's head. Mm-hmm. And again, we can't fully know what happens until you see the whole story. It's like watching Sixth Sense. You didn't know the guy was actually dead mm-hmm. until the end of the story. Then then you got to go back and think, mind-blowing, he was dead the whole time. And, Spoiler uh, alert. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, if you missed that one, it's a long time ago. But... You know, hey, this promised seed is going to be the Messiah, Jesus, and, and he is going to crush the Satan's head on mm-hmm. the cross of all things. And so here you have the uh, uh, the first, in 315, the first promise of the gospel that early. And right, mm-hmm. right in the, here's God's grace, Brooks, right in the midst of the fall, you have it. And then uh, you also, what happens at the end of the chapter? So man tries to cover up his sin. He realizes that he's no longer safe with God. He tries to hide from God because he's got sin. And he's no longer safe with his wife. Mm-hmm. He tries to hide from his wife. He wants to cover up. You know, he wants to get some fig leaves. And, <laughs> you know, and God just laughs. I'm like, oh, what are those little things? You know, so, uh, so what did God have to do? At the end of chapter three, God gives them the skins of an animal. Mm-hmm. It's the first sacrifice mm-hmm. for something else. Something else died in their place for them to be covered. Mm-hmm. And again, it whispers the gospel. So... God, and God provided that sacrifice, by the way. I always love that part, even back to Sunday school, talking about the creation story, where they felt shame that they were uh, naked and realized that they were naked and had to cover themselves up. It's just, you know, that that's just a crazy thought. It, it, it is absolutely, uh, it's, it's, uh, it is a crazy thought. And it's, uh, um, but yeah, you know, but I, I love the fact, you, you know, you're heading into marriage and you're going to have to more and more just you know, be comfortable as a two becoming one. And mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, Genesis, and then you got the whole fall and you, you already mentioned it didn't take long for the story to, 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 to unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I loved it because when God is talking with Cain and Cain's like, I don't know where my brother is. Am I my brother's keeper? Uh, <laughs> God says his blood cries out. And mm-hmm. that theme is picked up in Hebrews. And it, it says, uh, in the end of Hebrews, it says that Jesus's blood, it speaks a better word than, than, than Abel's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Abel's blood spoke a word of justice, you know, you know, and, and uh, uh, go get him. And Jesus's blood speaks a word of forgiveness. And it's, it's just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So is there anything else with Genesis? I mean, I feel, I feel like, how do we not talk about, you know, you got the flood story. Uh, by the way, the genealogy in, in chapter five it just kept on telling the life. And, you know, these guys lived a long time, like oh, Methuselah. Yeah. Yes, you know, they, they did. But he also says, God says, hey, I'm, I'm frustrated with this. I'm going to readjust the, the life. It's going to be 120 years, which mm-hmm. who gets that many years? But <laughs> but uh, 
They, it was like they lived this life, they had a child, and then they died, and then they died, and then they died, and That's, then they that died. That was the big thing when I read through Genesis last year. It had been a while. And these stories that are you know told in Sunday school and all these, it's like two verses, three verses. Like, yeah. they did this, they lived, they died. Yeah. Like, they had this child, yeah. they died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the, these stories end up being only a few verses, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Well, it is kind of crazy. And I think the end they died is the result of the fall. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just like this... It's like a constant beating of a bass drum. Boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. Death, 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 death. Reminds you of the Hunger Games. Uh, Ooh, I like when, that. Yeah. when someone died, yeah, they exactly. banged the gong and exactly. put their little picture up there. Exactly. And so it was like, uh, you know, just to say, hey, this is the result of the fall. We really need a savior. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Well, that's, listen, and it's a great start. And, uh, um, let me see if I have any other notes. Um, I'm, I'm swiping through too. Let's see. You know, Noah, you know, he believed in the Lord. I mean, what what amazing belief in God to build a boat and all your neighbors think you're completely <laughs> nuts. And, uh, you know, and even the, uh, hey, we talk about in life, uh, it, when, when two people, rivals, two people on opposite ends get together, hey, did they offer you an olive branch? You know, you know, have you, have you heard that? Mm-hmm. An, an olive branch is a time of peace. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let me offer you an olive branch. Let me offer you something to bring peace. Well, that comes from the Bible where the dove eventually brought back an, mm. uh, an olive branch mm-hmm. in its beak and to say that it's safe, that the, that the, that the wrath is over and, and uh, there's going to be peace that God is going to bring between God and man. And, and right when Noah gets off the boat, he's going to offer a sacrifice. It smells good. There's peace mm-hmm. there for God. And even at the end of that story, I think I've always told you that there's a promise of seasons you know, he says, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to wipe them out with water. And, you know, as long as there's time, you're going to have seasons. You're going to have fall and spring and winter and summer. And and I think I've told you in the past, I always think of sports seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, yeah. every time there's a new season, like the, you know, b- baseball's coming out or football's coming out, I'm like, ah. Oh. It's the promise that God has. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to think about October with the sports equinox. Oh my you got, you got all four major sports at the same so time. so <laughs> nice. It is so nice. So, so good. We always tie it back to sports. Uh, you know, we're so so deep. <laughs> so talented. All Where right. would you like to go next? Um, how about we go to, to Matthew? Matthew, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Um, you know, and it opened up. I mean, I hope you guys were singing the song that we yeah, sang for five exactly, weeks at, at church. <laughs> exactly. The little genealogy song. Matthew Begets is the name of that song yes. uh, by uh, Andrew Peterson. But uh, I think as you see, how does the Holy Spirit lead Matthew to start the entire New Testament? It's with a boring genealogy, but the boring genealogy whispers us there's a bigger story here. Mm-hmm. And the bigger story is Jesus has to be connected to two big covenants and two big promises, Abraham and David. And, uh, you know, with Abraham, there was a promise of a seed and a land. And with David, there's a promise of a king. And it's just so cool. I mean, I think we've talked about that, but that's mm-hmm. uh, that, that's pretty, pretty cool how that connects, uh, you know. To Jesus for sure. So something that I it was in yesterday's reading was, and I missed it last year was uh, King Herod was looking for Jesus. Like he kind of sent the wise men, like, hey, let me know like where this uh, king is, and, and was looking for him. And the wise men kind of after visiting Jesus escaped and didn't yeah. take the same route back. And they and they were prompted by the spirit, don't take the same route back. And remember, Herod said, hey, uh, when did you see the star? And you know sometimes, if you remember, there's going to be a flight to Egypt that that. Uh, uh, Herod's going to want to kill. Uh, it, this was prophesied that all because he couldn't find him. So he's I'm going to take out anyone born in mm-hmm. Bethlehem. 
and he picks two years of age and younger. And mm-hmm. so I really believe that's the correlation of when did you see the star? It was two years ago. Mm-hmm. So this child might be two years old. Mm-hmm. Let me take them all out. And there was there was weeping, as scripture would say, in that town. But, you know, the Holy Spirit drove them to Egypt, which is the fulfillment of Hosea 11.1, 1, out of Egypt I will call my son. Which, by the way, when Hosea wrote that, he never dreamed that would be Jesus's flight, but mm-hmm. God fulfilled it in a way that people didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, but Herod, Herod was afraid. I mean, it says, in matter of fact, it says all the people were afraid. I and mean, that's what really jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. Why were all the people afraid? I mean, yeah. not, or at least the religious leaders, because these wise men, these magi come to town and said, okay, where, where is it that this Messiah, should, this king should be born? Because mm-hmm. we saw a star. And that just, to me, I'm like, there's so many questions. Like, how did they know that that star meant uh, there was a new king born and, and how did they know to bow to worship him? Not just mm-hmm. give him gifts, but they, you know, you sometimes want to greet a new king. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, there's a new king in the throne in, in England, but I'm not going to go over and worship the dude for mm-hmm. a, a Especially second. Especially knowing know? that it was a baby, like yeah, yeah. bowing down to a baby. <laughs> yeah, which which is incredible. And by the way, the Gospel of Matthew really focuses more on uh, Joseph. Mm-hmm. The, gos- the Gospel of Luke follows much more on Mary. It tells much more of how the... The angel of the Lord came to uh, Mary mm-hmm. and how Mary was told. This Matthew talks a little bit more about how the angel came to, to Matthew. Hey, don't don't put Mary away. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's pregnant, but she's not scandalous. I mm-hmm. mean, this is this is of the Lord's doing. And mm-hmm. so and I think through genealogy, oh, we talked about the five women, it still has to bring Joseph in. I mean, it's this kind of that. So he's he gets a little bit more center stage in the mm-hmm. gospel of Matthew. Absolutely. Which is which is cool. Is there anything else with, with Matthew that you have? That, I think uh, that's uh, the Gospels, they only do a few verses each day. Uh, yeah. A l- little bit shorter. It's, so it's, we're, we're just getting into to the Gospels. It's it's really bite-sized. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, and then where do we go next? And there was the Acts. Yeah, we got Psalms and Acts Yeah, left. so Acts, don't they have us read Acts next? Is that right? Yeah, yep. Well, Acts starts off with, and again, Acts is written by um, uh, Luke. And so... Here's a great little trivia. Who wrote most of the New Testament? Most people say Paul because he wrote the most letters. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, word-wise, if you take the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, mm-hmm. that's more than what uh, Paul will write. Yep. Um, so you have the same, it's linked to Luke, where the Gospel of Luke, uh, Luke wrote to a, someone named Theophilus, which means friend of God, uh, an account of Jesus's from his birth up to his resurrection. And so he picks up the story and can talk about the early church. And I love the way the, the book of Acts starts. It starts with, in 40 days, Jesus is appearing to the disciples. And what is he teaching them about the kingdom of God? And, oh, man, if I could just one day have sat and listened to the resurrected Savior talk about the kingdom. And they were confused because they were saying, hey, is it time for you to restore Israel? You know, they thought it was going to be a kingdom again on earth. They still mm-hmm. were missing it. And Jesus is like, no, these are times you're not... Only the Father knows. You're not supposed to know. <laughs> but he gives them a promise of you'll receive the Holy Spirit. And so here's here's the biggest, starting off with Luke, is um, God is going to say in Acts 1.8, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses. And the Greek there can be translated. You're going to be my uh, martyrs. You're going you're gonna to give your life for following me. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Cool thing, Brooks. That outlines the book. The book starts in Jerusalem, what happened to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And the ends of the earth at the time were not what we know now as the ends of the earth. That's Paul going, you know, to, to Rome and to Spain and the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Um, but um, but think about the Holy Spirit coming. You'll receive power. And how much power did they receive? Because these scaredy cat disciples <laughs> who all ran away, I mean, who who all of them, when the, she, when the shepherd was struck, they ran. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they become world changers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would become... They would be. They would give their life. They'd be sawed in two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they would. Uh, you know, become a part of Nero's wrath, and you know, they the Jews would hate them, but they became world changers because the Holy Spirit really empowered them. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, did the Holy Spirit empower them? You, you notice that in Peter a lot too, because in the Gospels you kind of he obviously denies knowing Jesus three times and kind of talks up and is a scaredy cat and talks before he thinks and no, everything always, and then all of always. a sudden it's it's a little bit of change in like acts he's he's kind of awesome and he's yeah. that's it what the church is built on and he's yeah. going out there and speaking with confidence and kind of a change of character with him and it, and it really is and I, you know how do you attribute that and it's got to be that holy spirit so mm-hmm. and then you get to acts two and it, you know you're going to get to the uh eventually the pouring out of the holy spirit and where 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 you know what's so beautiful is that's like the reversal of babel Mm-hmm. You know, so Babel and Genesis, you're going to see when um, God's people were being scattered and they decide, let's build a name for our own selves. Let's build a tower to heaven. Let's make it all about ourselves. God confused their language and scattered them. Here you see God gathering them. You see the nations coming. They're there. Uh, and it just tells you, you know, hey, they're there from Cappadocia. There's there from Pontus. There's there's different places, which is the gathering of the nations. And it is. It's the reverse of Babel where they all understood each other. Mm-hmm. You know, in Babel, they couldn't understand each other. So it's just kind of cool to see a thread of unwinding. And again, uh, just so everybody knows, I mean, don't forget, I went to seminary to help teach me some of these things. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I see that's the reverse of Babel. I think this through time you realize, oh, that's a pretty cool thing that's that's happening there. So anyway. We can tell you're excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm looking back over my notes, and and I and I and we do not need to go here, but dang it, I wanted to talk about Enoch. That dude walked with the Lord. I for thought three... about bringing it up. We just spent so much time yeah, on Genesis, did. but yes, let's jump back to that. Yeah, you know, he walked with the Lord for 300 years and no more. I just love that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, walk with the Lord for 300 years, and again, that just blows our minds. But I always picture in my mind, Brooks, they talked about everything they could talk to on earth. He's like, okay, come back up here now. So. <laughs> But that's great faithfulness. Yes, yes, it is. What were you thinking about? I, I just I wanted to bring him up because uh, I didn't realize he and Elijah were the only people was it Old Testament yeah. that didn't have a physical death. Yeah. It was just they were called back by God, yeah. brought up like you're yeah. done, you're, you're done. done, here you go. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Isn't it? Wonder what that all looked like, but that, that, that's 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 pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else with Acts? So Acts is going to be really the uh, the building of the church. It's going to be the advancement of what happened, but. Again, I love the way it starts with just that Jesus spends these 40 days teaching the disciples about the kingdom of God, promises and delivers a Holy Spirit and the world changes. The only thing, other thing I had with Acts was replacing Judas uh, because oh, yeah. they're only down to 11 disciples and it was between Matthias, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah. And then, uh, and who? And um, who? Gosh, who was it? it was Doesn't matter. Matthias yeah, became he, the 12th. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that was the only other thing I had for Acts of replacing Judas so that they had 12 disciples. But did you see how they, uh, the number 12 was a more of a number of completion. Did mm-hmm. you see how they, uh, um, who was candidate? I mean, who uh, was, it, was it? Was it Josephus? Did you see how that they, had to be somebody that was there from the beginning. And it had to be see. somebody who saw, 
yes. saw the resurrection mm-hmm. and, and somebody who uh, was there from the beginning. So, yep. you know, yeah, the qualifications were they walked with Jesus, were eyewitnesses of his miracles and healings and everything, eyewitnesses of his death and eyewitnesses of his resurrection. And I was going to bring up uh, the part of Paul being called as an apostle. I think we'll wait for that when those stories actually happen, but him not meeting those qualifications necessarily, but still being called. And yeah, the disciples saying no. He's he is an apostle. Well, you know, you, how do I not jump? You, I think if you read, but we'll save that. We'll save that. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. All right. Because no, let me just give one. Okay, let's do it. Let's well, do it. No, not the, all of it, but just say that's why Paul had to say, "I wasn't this. I didn't receive this from men. Mm-hmm. I received this from God Himself. Jesus met me, mm-hmm. and that was because that was question, Brooks. Mm-hmm. You read the book of Galatians. Who who is it? No, yeah. listen, I. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, not because of man, because of the will of God. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, good stuff. All right. yes, yes, yes. All right. So Psalms. Psalms. Let's wrap it up there. Um, and you know, what a way it starts. It kind of book it opens up the uh, the the uh, the book by saying, "Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, mm-hmm. nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but in his delight is the law of the Lord, and on that law he meditates day and night." And he's going to be like a tree that's planted by streams of water that bears fruit in season and not so the wicked. Sorry, didn't mean to quote most of that. But <laughs> but you think of you think of a man who's blessed, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. And to me, that's as I that was I those were the 30 Psalms. The first 30 Psalms were what I meditated on last month. And I just had to say, God, my own counsel's wicked. If I'm living by my own opinion, it's wicked. My own counsel. If I'm living by what the world says, it's wicked. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's chaff. The wind's going to blow it away. I need to live by, we need to live by the counsel of God. And that counsel is that wisdom. It's the wisdom of God, the word of God. And uh, we got to walk by faith and then we're blessed. And then you, you start, there's a progression as far as, you know, you know, you listen, then you stand in the way and all of a sudden you're sitting among them. And, uh, and, you know, to me, I read that. There's a lot of confession of, Lord, forgive me for listening. Forgive me for standing in the way. Forgive me for sitting right there. And, uh, you know, help me to be blessed. And oftentimes, I run to Jesus. I run to the fact of, man, he's the true one who is blessed. He really didn't listen to the counsel of the wicked. He did not stand in the way of sinners. He was a friend of them. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Or sit in the seat of mockers. I yeah. think remembering that these were written as songs too, and as you read through them, you'll recognize a lot of verses in popular uh, uh, worship songs today. Yeah, and amen. even I forget when it was, but all throughout uh, kind of elementary, middle school, that's how we memorized it in our Bible classes. Yeah. Um, and especially this first one, I remember singing it. I forget what exact class, but yes, yeah. you got to remember that these were written as songs. Yeah, they were written as songs, and uh, some churches, some traditions. The only songs that they sing in church are the Psalms, mm-hmm. and uh, some will sing it without instrumentation. So mm-hmm. it's very, very interesting. Hopefully, so, they have good voices. Exactly. <laughs> and then Psalm two is really the start, the, the picture of Jesus. I mean, you know, um, it asks the question: Why do the nations rage? I mean, why are they against the Lord's and the Lord's anointed? That's His Messiah, you know. Um, but it's it's going to tell us a story that I'll tell you of decree. Uh, the Lord said to me, "You are my son." Um, I, I love that today I've begotten you ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance the end of the earth is your possession and here's here's this Jesus I mean this is that king and you know even will go on to say kiss the son 
But what I love in that Psalm 2, too, it talks about be careful because his wrath is, is it comes out quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think, okay, well, what's true? Isn't, isn't God merciful and, and long-suffering? Yes, he is. But, you know, Jesus is coming back as the king to judge us, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we better be embracing and kissing and loving him. Is he graceful, gracious and merciful? Absolutely. But he's coming back as judge. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the nations who scoff, they're going to find out. And, uh, you know, I love it. Yeah, I like in verse 10 where it says, Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Uh, uh, like, ex- or specific to rulers or presidents or kings yeah. or whatever in that day of like, those people are seeking power, most yeah. likely, and yeah. like you're serving the Lord still, and it's all yeah. for Him, Amen. not for yourself. And most people miss it, but yeah, that's so good. Hey, we're off to a start. And we are off to a start. And so, for those of you who stayed with us, thank you so much. I know that there was a lot there, and I know that uh, um, I, I just pray that it was a blessing. I mm-hmm. loved it. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Was it fun? It's <laughs> so, fun. It was, it was I saw awesome. the excitement in your face as you're flipping through pages of notes yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you just awesome. want to say everything. I, I do. <laughs> I do. It's a little. Say, when you try to say everything, you say nothing. But all right, let's let's segue, Brooks. Let's go into uh, let's what I, what I meant to say last week. So we started a new sermon series, First Things First, and it's seeking God's face was kind of the subtitle of Sunday's sermon. And um, you know, I thought of starting the year. I love because Psalm twenty seven, um, Lord, I Lord's going to challenge him. Seek my face, Lord. Your face, I do seek. And of all the things we pursue in twenty twenty three, may may. Jesus in his kingdom, may our great God be the ultimate overarching thing that we seek. And, uh, you know, you know what I meant to say, again, I, I, I talked about, you know, our confidence. I talked about our, our pursuit, our prayer, our posture. But let me let me just hit on a couple of brief things and see mm-hmm. what you have. But I love the confidence way it starts off with the Lord is my, it's personal. So he's my light and he's my salvation. What am I going to fear this year? And let me repent, God, because I fear too much. I fear what man think about me. I fear around the corner. I fear, you know, do you have enough resources? But the Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And if this is the... And he goes, listen, if, if there's armies advancing against me, if everything goes in the toilet, uh, I'm okay. Because God is my light. God is my salvation. God is my stronghold. He is... He's got me. Mm-hmm. What am I fearing? Absolutely. What a good way to start the year. Absolutely. And kind of jumping all the way to the end of our posture of knowing that our yeah. best life is not now. Yeah. Even though that's kind of what the world tries to tell us of we know, knowing that we know things are going to mess up and bad things are going to happen. And, you know, you're going to want to say, like, how could this happen? How could this happen? But we have a sovereign Lord. Amen. And, you know, Brooks, I love it because the two things I want to do is start with there. And, and, and you took me exactly where I want it felt going as well is that posture. And it's. It's waiting for the Lord, and, and it says it twice. It ends up, we know, wait for the Lord and be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And I was like, I, I texted Richard Pratt. I was like, Richard, what does it mean to my one of my summary professors who we've had on this show? Go check out the episode. It, exactly. Uh, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? And it seems to be everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden we're called to wait, and we hate wait. I hate wait. Um, <laughs> but... But also a part of waiting, it's believing. You know, in verse 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that, what really struck me with that is in the land of the living. I mean, this is, I don't have to wait for heaven to see God's goodness. Uh, it's it's all around us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to see the goodness of the Lord. So anyway, good stuff. Our posture is believing 
and our posture is waiting. Mm -hmm. And I think that that sums up the Christian life. Walk by faith and believe as God's promises have come true and are coming true. And, you know, you're, as you believe, you're going to have to walk through some junk mm-hmm. um, as you wait. Um, but, you know, you don't, don't forget, don't fear because he is our stronghold. He is our light. Mm-hmm. He is our, our, our savior, you know, so it's you all can, good. You can sense a, a definite theme for this year is we're going to be a church led by the Lord, led yeah. by the word, led Amen. by scriptures. Amen. And even as I've been greeting the people for worship, I've, I've added in, I think we might've mentioned this is that, Hey, we're a church that submits to the authority of God's word. I mean, that needs to be our authority and we live for the glory of God's name and that's uh, got to be our pursuit. So, and we celebrate God's grace for sure, but yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Any Casey updates? Well, you know what? How about what I hope to say? Oh, my bad. Come on, Brooks. Oh man, we got got so excited. Um, yes. So this week it's, it's really going to be making room for God. If our pursuit is God this year, it's like, you can't bolt one more thing on, you know, if you're going to run a race, you got to get ready for it. You know, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to step into a marathon. I'm going to go, you know, what, you know, how does your diet need to change? How does your, you know, exercise regimen need to change? And so this week we're going to say, what, what needs to be, what, how do you make room for this? It's not like, not like you can just have an add on like, Hey, I want to, have all my other pursuits and I'm going to pursue God too. You're going to have to make some room. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, that's some decisions. That's hard. That's that's this week. And it goes back to when we had Richard Pratt on, he talked about like, you asked the question, what do we need to do as Christians? Do we uh, retreat? Do we attack culture? And he said, first, it's like a month of repentance or basically he was saying, you know, we're going to go out there. If we try to tackle all this stuff and read the Bible and listen to all these podcasts, like we're going to get ourselves hurt and miserably fail. I've no, I've tried to read the Bible in a year multiple times and I failed every single time until last last year. year. Yes, except for last year. So I think, realizing that and taking it in small bites yeah. of maybe you do just do the new Testament. Yeah, or change and, and, something exactly. Else. And listen and give yourself grace. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, he's pleased with you for moving slightly. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and don't let the enemy bring shame if you, if you don't make it, but yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Absolutely. So. All right. Absolutely. So any updates? Yeah. You know, Hey, listen, today's the fourth, fourth. And so, um, we have a luncheon this week. It's really important, Casey family luncheon. If you're in town, you're uh, connected to our church. Please come because we have a lot of information to give out. We're we'll, we're going to be rolling back out um, our Casey in the AM. Charlie's going to be teaching starting on the fifteenth of uh, the problem with evil. You know how if God's good, how can we have such evil in the world? And so he's going to go through three weeks of that. I'm really excited, and then. Uh, we're also kicking off small groups, KC groups, which I think is going to be really important for people to be a part of. And uh, those are going to be sermon based. And so we're going to take what we're preaching on and uh, and kind of break it down for the people to wrestle with. And then that's that's a big thing. We'll have our, our common grounds is starting back up this Sunday of our coffee time if you want to come. And then tomorrow I'll start back up with Creeds and Coffee. So, mm-hmm. you know, jump back into that and... Uh, a lot of opportunities and um you know we'll we'll have lord willing this month our next membership class our kc family connection you know he's starting to send some people who've been hanging around who haven't joined yet so we'll have that so a lot of opportunities 
coming up, and uh, would love to see people jump in. Yeah, we took KC Common Grounds off last Sunday. It was New Year's Day. You know, I could tell people were a little tired. You know, yeah. they, they needed their coffee, so that's uh, back this week. We had we had sweet Sarah uh, came in, and she was early. I'm like, Sarah, you're you know you're here early. Like, oh, I, I forgot there wasn't coffee. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, so which is awesome. Well, it'll be a great year as we. It'll be a great year, and God was so faithful to us. Uh, you know. Um, we look back over 2022, it's, it was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very faithful and a tough year in, in many ways, but uh, a, a blessed year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we will see you guys Sunday. Wow, Brooks. Blessings, brother. Great job, man. Be <laughs> safe. I know you're heading to Nashville this week. Oh, yeah. I got the big convention. That's a great city, by the way. It is. It's been, been once. It's a great city. Oh, it's a great city. Have fun. I, I love, I've loved, I've done some conventions in Nashville. That's a great place to do conventions. Yeah, so. not, not going to be too cold. We had to hit our weather quota. Okay, so, good. Yeah, it's, I'm not going to freeze my butt That's off. good. And listen... <laughs> Uh, work hard you always do but make sure you slip out and see you know hear a little uh, oh, yeah. country music oh yeah and, got uh, to you gotta sing yeah, some Morgan Wallen or something oh that <laughs> sounds fantastic so sounds good alright be safe see you guys